What up, everyone? Welcome again to another episode from my mom's garage. As always, this is your host, Tony, with Nikki. Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Great. And to kick off this uh, brand new episode for the new year, we have our host, our, our co-host, our guest, Alex, coming into the hey. stage. Happy New Year, everybody. Hope everybody's doing good. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for coming back. How was everybody's New Year's? It was chill. Super chill. Chill? Yeah, just um, I just uh, made vision boards with my nieces and my sister. It was really, it was I, I like it was quiet time with the fam. I love doing, doing things like that. <laughs> I spent uh, I spent it with my fam, uh, my wife's uh, family in Jersey. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit cold. So we stayed indoors. Yeah. And I I realized after this year that if we're doing in house parties that we're not going anywhere, I'm just gonna dress up, take photos for the first ten minutes, and then after that, get into my PJs. I think you need to invest in like you know what you should do you should actually create your own line of lazy fancy uh you know clothing wear oh just clothing wear that makes you look fancy but basically wearing sweats and a dirty t-shirt no you know you know does it who has uh, something like that was uh Barney Stinson in in uh how much your mother he had he had uh PJs or suits yeah but the, <laughs> that seems just making something that should be comfortable uncomfortable I'm talking about just making things that look like suits, you know, like shirts with ties already attached to them, like bow ties, like, and just have a whole line of it. But it's literally just long t-shirts and sweatpants. (laughs) Oh, man. Alex, that was your New Year's, man. I had a good New Year's, man. Spent time with some friends and family. Um, I actually stayed up to watch the ball drop and made it till 12 o'clock. And I seem every year that passes, just seems to get harder and harder just to make it to that 12 o'clock mark, but... But I but but I made it this year. So you made it. Did you did you come. barely make it, or you were just still fully awake at that point? I, no, I, I was good. You know, alcohol involved. Oh, I yeah. was a go. One hundred percent. We were there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We were we were drinking at the, our party, and then the first time we realized, like, figuring out what time the ball dropped, it was soon. It was like seven, eight o'clock, and then we started doing drinking games. We did one. It was called cards or kings or something like that. So they, it's like you put a a beer can or a drink in the middle. No, it was a beer can. You put a beer can in the middle, you have a deck of cards on the outside. And if you flip one, it's a certain action. It's like either you drink, I drink, or you pick somebody. Yeah. And then every time you pick that one, you have to put it right under the tab. So you keep stuffing it until it breaks a seal. Once it breaks a seal, the whoever did that has to drink the whole bottle at <laughs> the once. Whole beer, the whole, the whole beer. beer. Yeah. yeah, not the whole bottle. That would be suck. It was... <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Um... <laughs> I was watching, uh, I think it was uh, American Dad, I think it was the show, like, and they were playing drinking game with cards, and, you know, they picked up a card, drink, they picked up a card, drink, and the, the wife goes, wait, which one, which one is not to drink? I don't know, I threw those out. <laughs> <laughs> those are the best, those are the best drinking games. <laughs> I, I think going forward, I think from now, what I want to do, as far as a goal is concerned of mine, I want to bring in New Year's in different area codes, in different, different time zones. Different time zones? Yeah, I don't know. I just thought about it. I was like, you know, if I'm going to do something big, I'd rather do something big, like, and travel doing it. Okay. So what's the next? Do you have an idea where you wanted to have the next time zone? I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll because go to Chicago. I can say all the things I want, but the budget is still concerned. <laughs> you don't have to drive far. You you know, go, to, go, go to the panhandle. Yeah, I want to go to some really, like, cool <laughs> island, you know, in Hawaii or something. Then, then I look at my budget and realize I can pretty much go to the Keys. <laughs> 
That's awesome. I had the same idea, Nick, but I was just thinking different state. I mean, obviously it goes along with the time zones. Yeah. Yeah. But just to be in New Year's for a different state, you know, until I don't know, it sounds awesome. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Just to see something different. What would be your first state that you wouldn't would would not would want to do, Alex? What was it? What would be the first state that you would ideally go to? Um I don't know if I'd start local, like you know, like as far as like closest, like Georgia. I don't know, or or no, I'd probably start in like California. I'd, I'd start there and and then just bounce different. I don't really know. I haven't really thought about it too hard. But Alaska. now I'm thinking about it really hard. <laughs> Alaska, oh yeah, no, Alaska should be in. the first one. Go right, from yeah. go from people so. probably not even leaving their house Wait, to like you know you know what's the furthest? <laughs> I think well, it's, it's a U.S. property. It's Guam. Guam, you want to start, start at Guam? <laughs> wow, bro. Guam. It's for, it's for, it's, I think it's further west than uh, Hawaii, if Full I'm not mistaken. <laughs> it's a U.S. toy. The only reason I know about it is because when they worked at KB Toys, they uh, had one store over there. You had a store in Guam. Yeah, that's the only reason I knew about it. I really want to know what I want to know what the inventory looked like. It was a, it was small, super small store. Right? No, I'm just saying, like, because you know, you buy inventory based on like the demand. So I'm like, yeah. I wonder really what the inventory would be. Send them two boxes a month. Yeah, oh, man. But yeah, but entering into this new, before we got entered into the new year, now we did get some pretty bad news. Uh, the late great Betty White passed away, 99 years old, uh, about three weeks before her hundredth birthday. So she was gonna be a century old. Our, our grandmother, I think you said, I think you told me before, how old was she? 103. Was she? 103. Yep, but she passed away about, I want to say like about four years or three years ago now. Yeah. But she was 103. Three and ago? she was not the oldest person in her family. Huh? She wasn't the oldest person in her family. No, we have an uncle or something. Like that. No, no, her sister was 107 when she died. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 107. I know. That's, how many world wars? They went through both world wars, a civil war. It's just crazy. No, because like, and I think that's what I was uh, I was thinking about that earlier. Where it's, um, I think that's why people were so fascinated with like, oh, you know, save Betty White, save Betty White, is because, you know, her age. I mean, they, at a certain point, you pretty much at this like, you know, it's funny when she, when you know, when I heard the news that she passed. With every other news article, you know, he this person passed. Like, oh man, I wonder what happened. Yeah. With her, I didn't even ask that question. And it's sad because I'm like in my head I'm like I'm sure there was something that caused it, but in my head I'm yeah. like, at that age, it's, it's so many different complications. Are, are it could are, literally just be anything. You're you're hundred years old. So, but yeah, I mean, it's um, she, but like I said, she's somebody who is very beloved universally. Actually, she's one of the few people I could think of that in my life who has been old my whole life. Who's been old your whole life? Yeah, think about oh, yeah. it. Because <laughs> when she she was like in her never, fi- she was in her fifties when she was in in Golden Girls. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then she I know she did Mary Tyler Moore. So and then after that she 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 resonated to like supreme pop culture status in the past like ten years. Just I think I think it was based based off a lot of her. She had one was her comedic timing. And two was a lot of the cameos that she did. Everybody just loved her when she was in it. Well, they didn't expect that kind of energy and that kind of foolishness the way she is at somebody at her age. And yeah, they didn't expect that. I remember the. I still remember the one that she did with um, like you, like uh, Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then she also did a recent one a couple of years ago when she was on SNL. Oh yeah, we were looking at that beforehand. Yeah, uh, she did a skit with um, what's his name? Keenan. 
Yeah. King Thompson's. Yeah, where they were like uh, scared, scared, straight. Like, scared straight prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're supposed to be scared of this old, 100-year-old lady. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Old lady. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on that, Alex? Yeah, she, she lived a great life. I mean, like, beloved by everybody. Um, you know, 99 years old, passing away. Um, it's so sad, but, you know, think about what a life she lived. Um, I, I'm a 90s, I'm a 90s baby, so um, it wasn't the Golden Girls that my mom or grip never really had the Golden Girls on. I know she's very iconic, but I mean, in the movies that I've watched with her, like you know, uh, the proposal, yeah, uh, Lake 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 Placid, <laughs> oh yeah, as as uh, Dolores, who <laughs> yeah, who they found out was was help feeding um, little gators, and yeah. the funny quote she had in that movie, and but you know, like I said, just beloved. I think it just you know, so iconic of a person. It's just that I think I found out it was like, it was the afternoon of, you know, New Year's Eve when I found it when I was on the phone and I was like, wow. Like, it's just, I think everybody just gets a sense of like, no way. You know what I mean? It's like that sense of like, there's, there's no way. And then, but you know, like, I guess looking back, you know, 99 years old and how much people loved her and the impact that she's had on, like so many different communities of you know entertainment and like you know well, what a life lived so yeah but he, he bring, this brings up a good question now that we're talking about it yeah uh based on celebrity death is there is is there a celebrity that passed away that affected you a lot robin williams 100 oh me too robin williams i think 100 like i actually recently just watched a documentary on him it's mm-hmm. on the, um, I got it on Amazon Prime. I actually bought it. Like I went on my way and I bought it. Like it was one of the ones you can rent. But yeah. um, I just recently watched Mrs. Delphire and I'm like, you know what? Like, what a guy who had so many different personalities and made people laugh his whole life, not to know what he's struggling with, you know? Yeah. And I just think that, like, you know, and in that documentary, it's actually everybody that he knew said the exact same thing about him. This lovable person always just wanted to make people laugh and never cared about himself, you know, like always wanted to make an impact. So like, yeah, you know, sidetrack for me, it's Robin Williams. You know, that, that was, that was tough. Yeah. That, I think I'm with you on that one. Cause I, I, when, when he passed away, I think I literally cried because yeah. this was an, yeah. a, an actor that he wasn't mostly every movie through my formative years or even movies that impact me as a young adult that that resonates to me still and and i think uh, my top 10 movies i could say he's at least in the four of them he's in four of my top 10 movies so that says a lot because he's he's there and then uh, talking back on um that uh, his likability there's a funny story and i don't know i told nick once while i let everybody else know was uh they did an interview with matt damon and when they were filming uh goodwill hunting and they were there were two there were um just finished filming and he Robin Williams goes to to Matt. He's like, Hey, um, Steven Spielberg is filming a, a movie down the in, in the same in, in the city. Let's go check him out. I want to introduce you to them. So he goes he, and he goes, he goes introduce Matt Damon to Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg was like, Hey, you look familiar. He's like, I was in a certain movie. Um, I forgot what it was. He was like a he was a coked out uh soldier. Mm-hmm. And Steven Spielberg was like, I was telling my wife, I was like, that's that's Private Ryan. 
<laughs> that's wow. him. That's who I wow, was. Yeah. But that's the only right. thing was you you were too skinny. And it was like, that's that's the look that I want. And he goes, that would have never happened if if Robin Williams never introduced me to Steven yeah, Spielberg. Yeah. And just like that, that's just the, just that that kindness be like, listen, we're working together and let's just let's just put you out there. He was like, he just helped them out just because they were working great on a film and he liked them. He goes, just introduce you to another idol. So now you have Robert Williams and then, then to have your idol or somebody you look up to to put you into the, in front of somebody else that's another idol because Steven Spielberg is the epitome of what a, di- a, a director is, mm-hmm. of what a, like the golden standard, to have that, to have that person be like, all right, let's go. And just that shows this kindness to me. I don't know. Yeah, no, it, it does. And like I said, he can switch from Mrs. Doubtfire and <laughs> pretending to be an, an, a female nanny. Um, and then he can go as acting as, you know, Goodwill Hunting, as yeah. being like a, a mentor and a, a ser- way more serious or even, um, side if, to him. And Yeah, even the darker version of him at one, one hour photo, yeah. which was more creepy yeah. than horror. But he, he said he was so, he had this variety of tools in his tool belt that he could pull out any character, any emotion. Even through with the not speaking, there was moments that he like him not speaking, just his facial expressions says everything. It does. Yeah. Um, no, it's uh, one thing I remember reading about was, and I think it was pertaining to Robin Williams, which is um, comedians tend to be um, tend to like, like how do I put this? The um, some comedians, especially like Robin Williams, uh, they are funny even though they're hurting because yeah. They don't want people to feel their that kind of pain. Yeah. So that's why they tend to try to be funny because they're trying to they understand pain on a soul on a completely different level and they try to So nobody feels that. Yeah. They just they know how much it hurts to that kind of pain, so they try to keep people from it. And I'll be honest, yeah, that his movies have always affected me because I think that was the one that got me because like the movies his movies weren't just funny, they were just they always made me think. Like uh to this day I I feel like um, uh, what what come uh, what dreams may come. That's my, my, one of my top five. Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, bicentenary man, bicentenary uh, man, yes, completely yes. changed my thought process and on just so many different things. Just looking at the world differently, looking at people differently, looking at heaven and hell, earth, everything. Just Patch Adams. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They weren't just funny. Like I mean, yeah. it's good to be funny, and he was hilarious. But I feel like he picked these roles that were he. He can make he can make like people think people yeah. see. And things. at the end of every even comedic movie that he made is always like a message, and you can tell it's like from him, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's like one of those moments when you watch a movie where you're like, oh my god, it's a movie! Like snap out of it! Like oh my god! Like, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. so into it because you buy his character so much that he, yeah. you know, he played that role so well that you know, like I said, I was watching Mrs. Doubtfire the other day, and it's just like such a like. Like, those were his kids in the movie, right? Like, you would feel like those were his yeah. real kids in the movie. Like, the way that he acted. And it was just, like, such an impact that he had, you know, when, when he would act in a movie. It's just, yeah, he's missed. That's yeah. for sure. And and talking talking about Mrs. Doubtfire, so um, me and my father, uh, my father speaks, in, like, he mostly speaks Spanish. He doesn't know that much English. And the little he does, he he, he gets through. So there was a lot of movies that we would watch that he never he didn't understand because either they were speaking too fast or anything. 
But I could tell the one movie was Mrs. Doubtfire that we connected. Like, other than the Three Stooges, because it was a slapstick comedy. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Doubtfire, he understood it. He understood the concept because just by visually what he was trying to do. But those either, it was either Three Stooges or Mrs. Doubtfire that me me and my dad connected with. So anytime I see see Mrs. Doubtfire, I think of my dad. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm getting emotional talking about that now. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you. So so we're all saying the same person? Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, because I think he was uh, with our age. What I think we're in the same, kind of close to the same age range. So, the popularity of what his movies were coming out, or the rate that they were, it was during when we were either early teenagers or preteens to adulthood. I think, it, but the thing that hurt, but the thing that pained me about his loss wasn't just what he did before, was what I felt like he could have done in the future. Like, can you imagine with him and and Lynn Miranda? A limo Miranda and making a Pixar movie or something. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, just that combination of people that, that you know, like I, I felt like he he still had the opportunity to even surpass his most iconic roles. Oh yeah, he 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 had that. He had that in them, and he was coming. He and I think there was a few movies that that, that he was getting recognized after, um, late in his life, that he was yeah, coming like, out. Robin Williams, he he was just so. And that documentary talks about he was so, like, he cared about others so much that, like you said, Nick, or Tony, he didn't want anybody to feel like how he felt. Like, so Mm -hmm. when, you know, he got diagnosed with Parkinson's and he was just quiet, you know, and some people, you know, they want to talk about their problems like, oh, you know, they, they want to get it off their chest. And he, you know, all of his friends and family would always be like, yeah, towards the end of his years, he was just quiet. You know, because he didn't want anybody to know that. Like, he still wanted to make them smile, and he felt that would have made them sad. And that's, like, so deep for him, you know? And it, it's just so sad. But I like that. We miss you, Robert Williams, and definitely Betty White right now. Definitely. But, yeah, moving on. Another farewell we needed to say goodbye to is The Rock ever returning to the Fast and the Furious franchise. So um, I don't know if you guys knew, it was a few months ago, uh, Vin Diesel put out this post reaching out to The Rock and uh, to, to mend ways and to have him come on for the last iteration of the fan, uh, Fast and the Furious franchise. And The Rock, being The Rock, he responded and in his ways, and he made a post and he just explained that what uh, Vin Diesel was doing was just manipulating the whole situation, using his kids, using Paul Walker's death as leverage to to have him come on. And then he even said, mentioned, like we spoke about a few months ago, privately, and, by privately, the way. And, and and to to make it clear that he wanted to leave a Fast and Furious franchise with some ease and grace that nothing was muddled or destroyed in his image or his 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 uh participation in the movie franchise it was like i wish everybody was farewell and then i wish everybody the best of luck in the in their next chapter of the career of the movie and i think he he went he did it the way the rock or dwayne johnson would do it he 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 didn't blow up he he kept it i felt as honest as he could with with having this this persona that he does that, that he is that um likable likable yes he has to maintain that likability because that's i mean think about it he i mean we're where we love we love his movies we love him as an actor but 
if you really watch movies, it's him progressing because he's not, especially he didn't start off as a world-renowned action star. He started off doing movies, and we liked him so much, we kept on wanting to watch him again. And that allowed him to get to where he's at now. But without his likability, people, you know, think about it. He wouldn't have the same career he had now if he was not a likable person. Yeah. Um, but as far as the whole situation is concerned, I think my whole thing with it is because I feel like after reading that post from Vin Diesel, I seriously believe he has not got out of character <laughs> and still believes he's uh, Dom Toretto. Because <laughs> he, he said that like the character would, which is amazing to me. You know, yeah. like family, brother, like it, he's speaking like he's still the character in the movie. And I'm not sure. That's, how, like, that's, that's the first thing that I thought too, <laughs> Nick. That's the first thing that I thought when I read the article. And I, when I saw that he says, you know, my, my kids call you uncle. And it, it's just like, like he's in that character, right? Of, yeah. Of fam, family. And, you know, I, I have so many mixed reviews on how I feel like, you know, first of all, we don't know what is actually true. Like, you know, what, whether they had like that lunch meeting and, you know, cause that's the rock is supposedly told him that, Hey, I'm done with the franchise. Like you said, Sony, I'm done with the franchise, you know, and respectfully. Right. But who knows? I don't know how that meeting ended. I, I totally believe like I'm more along on the rock side of this um, with being honest because he's never not been honest like the rock yeah as far as you know as far as what we know um but so it just seems like vin diesel is just being pushy you know and not and doesn't want to take no for an answer and at this point it just you know because when's that we have never seen the rock act like this like talk negative about anybody yeah. so to see him that emotional about like usually he's the positive guy right like the workout yeah. hey everybody start 2022 with a with you know your diet, like get right, like you know, go after your goals. So to hear that negative side of him, like he hit a nerve. So yeah. like you never hear the Rock talk like that, like negatively about. So, um, like I said, maybe Vin Diesel's under the impression after that <laughs> meeting that they had that you know there was maybe he wasn't as direct as he should have been. Maybe the Rock wasn't as direct, like you know, was saying like, hey, no. But I, it's hard to believe. Like, I feel like The Rock was direct, <laughs> in my opinion. That's just my opinion. No, no, I, I feel like The and... Rock was, was direct. And now Vin Diesel, and the thing was, it was months ago he told Vin Diesel. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, you let all these months go by, and now it's time to start. So now you're like, come on, Rock, come on. Yeah. What it sounds like. I think, but, but if do you... it, that's a, the other right. thing. He says we did it privately. Like, if you wanted to settle the matter, exactly. do it privately. You don't have to do it publicly. Because I think, I think what he was trying, I think my, what I think, that Visa of uh, Vin Diesel was trying to do, or Don Toretto was <laughs> switch the spotlight. You know what I mean, like let's let's Correct. put the focus on somebody had, else to be like, yeah. And and I feel like he could he could even easily be like, oh, you know what, this movie would have been ten times better if The Rock was in it, because he knows that anything that and, The Rock is on is a cash grab for his audience. Yeah, yeah. And I think that we all agree that if he did come back, it'd be great. But we have no idea what people are personally going through. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like you know. For Vin Diesel to use his children and and Paul Walker as leverage to try to get The Rock to come back, and it's just like clearly you didn't hear anything in in that respectful meeting that The Rock had with you. Yeah. And for now, for you to come out publicly and and say stuff like that, and then I don't know, like, I've just never seen when I read that article like what The Rock said back. Like that was just a different side of The Rock, right? Like, yeah. That was like that was pure. That was raw. Like. 
hey, don't disrespect me, Rock. Like, well, because if you think about it, like I'm, I'm like looking at it not even based on the character, but based on um, like a manipulator level, right? If I wanted to manipulate somebody to do something, right? What would I do? We have a beef. We squash the beef privately. We are all chummy in front of everybody to the point where, like, yeah, man, we're friends. They both believe they're friends. And then when everything is cool, you publicly tell and invite this person to do something because everybody wants to see it, I guess, maybe. Yeah, that's what it is. And now they publicly, they, you know, privately said no, but pu- now he said publicly, which tries to make him look like the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, well, The Rock is a bad guy because he doesn't want to come back. Yeah, exactly. So it's want to come back. He's it, the bad guy. Exactly. So it's on a, a manipulator manipulator level. I can see that playing out like that, but it's just messed up. <laughs> and, I, and I think that the Rock's response. I, I hope you know the world sees that, like you know, like he was trying to protect himself. Like he's such a likable guy, and yeah. no one has a lot of bad things to say about the Rock. So the fact that this one guy. I understand it's Vin Diesel is dumb is trying to get this, you know, big actor. Like I said, you don't know what he's going with personally. Clearly there was a reason he said he didn't want to come back. Like, yeah. you know, this man, this man accepts a lot of roles. Oh, that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like there's not a lot of turndowns by him. Like this man will like accept anything. So th- there's a reason. And now you're just not respecting that reason. And now you're just trying to be manipulative publicly. And, uh, but his response was perfect, in my opinion. The Rock, oh, yeah. like you know, he he kept a professionalism about him, but you can tell the emotion was in there yeah. about like like so and like I think that the like I think that the world, the audience, they know that too. Yeah. You know, and, now looking back on that, that's what I thought when I read it. I was like, wow, this just seems like a clear cut. I told you I did not want to do it, and now you're just trying to embarrass me yeah. and manipulate me publicly. Yep. This is this is like the nicest way of saying fuck around and find out. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's what it was. Like, yo, fuck around and find out. I yeah. told you privately that we, this is not going to be. I'm not doing this. Now you put it publicly, and you're yeah. putting all these people. You throw names like, out there just. And, and, yeah, the ultimate respect, right? I told you privately, and, and apparently he told Universal and everybody too, yeah. right? Like the production, he told other cast members. Like the man did exactly what he was supposed to do, in my opinion, as a man. Yeah, yeah he, like, cle- you know, he cleared you, you he cleared the air with everybody. Exactly, he didn't do it in a messy way. You know, he didn't do it publicly. He did it privately, and that way it wouldn't cause any spotlight on him. You know what I mean? Like focus on the movie, not me. That's what yeah. The Rock pretty much said. Like you know, I'll tell you guys privately that I'm not doing it. But I, I don't know. Yeah, well, just just a, a huge L for Vin Diesel, big yeah. L. Uh, you know what's funny is like, um, if you think about, it, I think the the the, rock, the the lesson the Rock learned was what started his career, but also ended another career because Hollywood is very fickle. So like, it's not just the audience, but um, the people that are behind the scenes, the people that pay the money. If you do something they don't like, you can literally be put in a situation for it. Because think about. Two main two names I'll throw out to you so you can see what I mean. Um, Keanu Reeves, yeah, when he turned down um, Speed Speed Two, mm-hmm. and like I said, the thing that created The Rock's career and ended another one in the same shot, um, sent it to what was it Journey to the Center of the Earth Two? Yes, Brendan Fraser. Because Brendan Fraser yep. kind of disappeared after that, and that was yep. that was a big mo- big money movie, and yeah, I think that was what basically ended a lot of people from casting him even though he was still super popular yeah 
So I think that's why The Rock needs knows how to play. The, he has to play that game right because he has seen firsthand how, you know, not playing it right can turn out. Yeah, true. That's so true. So trust me, he covered he covered it. If he him by him publicly saying no, he covered his bases with the people he needs to cover with because if he if he said no to those people like that, they would not take it well. Oh yeah. You would you would not see a rock movie in a minute. <laughs> yeah, I would say the only the only thing that would protect Vin Diesel in this case is if there was some like unclarity during that private meeting, right? Like if you know, I had a meeting with you guys and at the end of it, there wasn't really a clear no. It was more like a, like, it was like, a, hey, I might. You know what I mean? That would be the only thing I would think. But it sounds yeah. like The Rock was pretty clear cut and saying absolutely no. Like, so, yeah, I, I don't think I can side with Vin on this one. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Dom. <laughs> I think Sorry, it was, Dom. I think it was just a Hail Mary, Pat, Hail Mary play by by Vin Diesel. But uh, Correct. Because, I mean, I don't know how, how well uh, the last Fast and Furious movie did, but I'm sure... Uh, since he lost the rock, it probably hasn't made as much. It was, it was this. I think the second highest grossing movie of last second, year. Second, no, I, well, not anymore. I'm about to say, no, like I, there's so many other movies I, that grossed more than that. One. I think at the time it was like the, for a while it was the second, like one of the highest grossing movies of the year when it came out. But no, but I mean compared to other ones, like compared to the one we're about to talk to right now, about right now, which is Spider Man No Way Home. Oh, get right into it. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck Dom right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's been the third week of uh, Spider-Man. No- Have you seen it, Alex? Yes. Yeah, loved it. How about, I know Nick watched it. Twice. And, it. and I watched it three <laughs> times. <laughs> so a lot of my money is coming into this. So, so far, it's uh, gl- uh, domestically, I think it's at 600, 610 million. It's already... Uh, the, uh, in the top ten of the world's greatest, world's highest, uh, well, the U.S. highest domestic debut or domestic movie ever, and I think it's already at one point one point five billion worldwide. This is the highest grossing, one of the high, the, the highest grossing Spider-Man movie of all time. Insane. Yeah, and <laughs> and and it deserves every dollar he's gotten. And and every this, bit of it. yeah, every bit of it. And this is a discussion that me and Nick have a lot of talk about a lot, and we'll we'll always repeat it always every time we come up. And this is the discussion: is the idea of ver- uh, streaming versus uh, theatrical viewings. And like it said, was that um, a movie that's in the theaters has to be an event, has to be something so <laughs> grandiose that everybody wants to do it, and like. Movies like The Last Duel that uh, Ridley Scott did, it didn't get, it was like most like Oscar-worthy uh, movie, but it didn't get the numbers that he thought it was going to get, blaming that, that young adults didn't understand it. But then you have Spider-Man, which everybody from every different age range, every, uh, people that are not even comic book fans still watch it because they're fans of the movie itself, fans of the iconic series, fans, maybe people are... Fans of the other Spider-Man uh, renditions that are out there to watch it, so it is amazing, and I love to see more and, of it. And at the end of the day, it's Marvel, right? It's Marvel, one hundred percent. It's Marvel. But you it's got, Marvel, right? Oh my god! But you gotta see the brilliance of what they did with that movie. Was almost like it's like I'm like Shyamalan type of twist at the end of it, if you think about it, right? Because yeah, 
you think about, okay, so what is the one thing, let's say, we as a society maybe are overwhelmed with or getting tired of a little bit, right? Comic book movie. No, no, no. Reboots, right? Oh, they're going to recast this guy. They're going to put another Batman. They're going to put another Superman, stuff like that. Like, you know, we always want to have that one person we can look up to as that character, but then something happens and we switch it up. So, yeah. So what did Marvel do? They took every single movie and made it, uh, made it like canon in a sense. Yeah, and that's amazing. That's crazy. Like to like because basically, why, why did we like Endgame so much? Because it was twenty two movies that built up to it. Yeah. Right. So you know, Spider Man. How is that going to build up to the same thing as Endgame? No. So they basically made every other Spider Man movie like like kind of build up for this one. So yeah. you're like, wait a minute. It's included in everything. Yeah, it's almost like a like a switch. Like you didn't realize that all these other movies were building up to this one. So that's that's a that's a great trick. Especially yeah, for yeah, we talked about this before too in the, in the last episode that I was in with you guys um, as far as you know like cleaning up kind of a sloppy yeah. you know um, ser- like a sloppy you know all those Spider-Mans that have came out as kind of like oh this company and then this company and then but when you talk about No Way Home talk about like literally cleaning the entire slate yeah, like coming out with such an awesome movie, like 100% Marvel, like clap, like 100%. Like, you cleaned up everything and, and not only cleaned it up, but destroyed like all expectations, like of <laughs> greatness. So cool. Like, I mean, like, it literally, they look like they, they took their time, took every note they could from every movie, and then, like, we're gonna fix this, we're gonna clean this up. Uh, we want Jamie Foxx, but we don't like the way he looks, so we're gonna, like. Yeah, the, we're gonna make him more like the iconic character. Like all this, like details. I'm like, man, this is they, brilliant. There was, it's, uh, and this is the the power of what Kevin Feige and Amy Pascal could do, because they were the executive producers for it, and they, and that shows how much love and respect that they had for the other two renditions of Spider Man. Spoilers if you haven't seen it, we're we're to let you know, but. Here's another crazy thing, and, and this is we already did our Spider-Man review, but if you think about it, this trilogy was really an origin story. If you think yeah. about it, it was it was because every uh, Spider-Man is usually always known for being the street level, uh, average. You know what I mean? Like lower mm-hmm. middle class. Trying to get by, check after like living, check off, check after check, trying to find money to to put together, pay for rent, like the struggling man story. But he's a superhero and and has humility and heart at, on the base of everything. And this, it was this whole thing that he got back to what it was to be Spider Man. So when that when, and when I was like, when you really think about Homecoming, Far From Home, and now No Way Home, it's literally an over, an overall. Origin story for Batman for Spider Man. It was it was it was perfect. Like <laughs> so yeah, it's it's so it's the number twelve, like lifetime most groovy of um lifetime gross movie of all time right now. And that's only on the um, third week. Yes, so it's number twelve right now. Obviously, your Avatar is number one, Endgame number two, yeah, and then Titanic. The big names, but the fact that yeah, like you, said, it's only this far. And in an interview, um, he got told the numbers, um, Tom Holland, and he and he says it's a shame that it's happening, and I'm only 25. Like he was thinking that it was gonna happen, like like a Robin Williams type of career, kind of yeah. like as when he's older, his peak. But 
I don't think that's anything to be ashamed about. Like that's awesome. Well, he's just he's more just yeah. concerned. I think was like because I'm sure people have told him growing up. He's like, listen, man, you know what you don't want to do is peak. You know, like yeah, like think about like we're gonna peak young. Yeah, you don't want to. You know, you want to hit your stride like super young because then you kind of fall off. But I'm hoping you know this is just kind of like you just keep him. All he has to do, I think, the best career to follow for me when it comes to Hollywood is Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he just it's about picking the right roles. Yeah. As long as you have somebody who could pick the right roles or you pick the right roles, you're good. And as long as he yeah. keeps on picking the right roles for the movies and shows and stuff like that, I think it'd be good because if all he just has to avoid is a flop. Not yeah. even a flop, just something that's just so bad that they kind of ding him for it. Yeah. Like, what's the reference rate to Redbox movie? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, like, as long as and it's that, not one of that. Yeah, I know. But I th- I think he's he's young enough that I think he's allowed a few fumbles. Oh, he's, I mean, fumbles, yeah, but, like... He's, he, I don't think he's going to be... De- he, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to have one that's going to be detrimental to his career. The only one that I would think about, and I've heard people say, was Cherry, that didn't like Cherry, but Cherry was only on Apple TV, so it was... Only if you had Apple products or that you have access to the Apple TV that you're able to see it. So it was limited to people that don't have it. Like I can't download Apple on my on my iPhone. I mean on my Android. Apple TV, which is weird. But you know what I mean? That's but once he starts making box office movies, which we'll get into in recently, uh soon, is that he's able to push his career and, and I want him to try other things. I want him to try like not sci-fi, but I wanted to do like dramatic roles, romantic. Comedies. Yeah, because that's another thing too to get pigeonholed. To, yeah, to be just superhero movies. Yeah, like um, the, over the top action. The Christopher Reeves effect. Yeah, where it's like I I I say that because Christopher Reeves had a career, like he had a lengthy career before everything what happened to him. Yeah, but the only thing that like I can't really like if I was to ask somebody, they might not be able to recall one other movie other than uh, you know sorry Superman. Yeah. So it's like you want to be known for something. You want to be iconic for something, but you don't want it to be the only thing that people think of you. Yeah. And he has a range of emotions. There were scenes in there that made me, that, that even think about it makes me cry still. Yeah, of course. So, sure. but let's see where, I want to see where it gets. I want to see, I, th- I, 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 I think it's going to hit top five. I think it's going to hit top five. Because like Alex was saying about Avatar, about uh, Endgame. They, they, a lot of those numbers were because they were re-released again. Like Avatar was re-released, so they added that to the yeah, that. That last time they did that was just dirty. <laughs> <laughs> they re-released it to just be like, no, 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 we're still up, we're still up. Yeah, we're still, we're still number one once Endgame passed it. <laughs> like we're not even near one month yet. Yeah, <laughs> like from the movie's release date, yeah. not even one month. But if like you, uh, Betty White's birthday will be one month. Yeah, Damn. well, that's true. Yeah. So, but we're not even at one month, and that's what this movie's grossed so far. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, talk about, and I mean, I think it also goes. I, I believe that it would make, but obviously, what other banger of a movie came out this year, well, twenty twenty one, the past year, besides Spider Man? Was it was um, Venom, right? That was like one of the biggest like Marvel movies of twenty twenty one, right? Well, other it was than Sony. This movie. I think that was Sony. Yeah, that was Sony. That was Sony's well. was, yeah. But for me, it was Sony's. But yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, this movie was the movie of 2021, like the movie. And like you said, it was you know what you say about like streaming releases or 
or mm-hmm. movie theater releases. Like there's just, I make myself a rule. There's just some movies I'll never watch streaming at home. Right. And then there's movies I'm just going to go to the theater for, oh, like, for the experience. Well, it has to be, an, like, like Tony said, it has to be an event. It can't just be, that's why I think Avatar is always used as reference to like number one or box office, stuff like that, because even at the time it was an event. It wasn't just a movie. You literally had to go out there, go to an IMAX theater, sit, you know, the glasses on, to really feel the whole yeah. entire movie. So yeah. that was... I'm not going to go see Clifford the was, Big Red Dog in the theater. <laughs> that. that was an experience. That movie was yeah. an experience. <laughs> and if you can't mimic the experience at home, that's when the box office is necessary. Yeah. But uh, as for you, me... Have you guys seen Sing 2 yet? No, not yet. No, I, I, I was no, looking, waiting to look for yes. it. When I tell you, like, those listeners out there, you have kids, you don't have kids. You know, Sing Two was awesome. Oh. Side note, sidebar note: Watch That's, Sing Two. Such a I awesome love part one. I, I still listen to the songs yes. on YouTube. <laughs> yes, Sing Two better than Sing One. Oh, oh really? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, go That's watch a, the movie. That's an interesting yeah, post. Saw, I saw it with my daughter, movie theater, um, Christmas Eve. When I tell you, awesome movie, awesome uh, movie. I that to to watch. But I think for me, the biggest one aside from let's say if I'm picking one aside from Spider Man. Um, that was grossing. As far as no, well, the reason I was happy to have gone to the theater to watch it, uh-huh. Ghostbusters, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, that was that felt like like an experience. I mean, maybe I could have felt the same thing in in at no. home, but I don't no. know. It was just, no. <laughs> it was an experience. You couldn't at home. <laughs> no, that was a, that was a go to the movie theater movie. But talking about going to the movie theaters, there have been some trades that did drop. So mm. let's get into a little bit of those. Talk to me. Uh, the first one, and this is going right off of uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, was Uncharted with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, uh, based off a video game of the same name. Uh, I, and, and, and I think this is, uh, this is a second trailer that came out for it. And ever since this movie came out, or not came out, but mentioned about this movie, there's always been the stigma was like, Tom Holland's too young. He doesn't have... That Nathan charisma, not charisma, but the stature that he does, because Nathan Drake in in Uncharted was he looks like he was like six three, like built like a UFC fighter. It looks like a like a like let's say on the later side of twenty to early thirties. Yeah, and and there was a lot of that's what I'm like. Oh, I don't know how I feel about this, but now looking at this one and something that Nick mentioned was that it it looks like it's gonna be like year one. This is where he starts his journey. So then he fits perfectly in that age range to, to be uh, mentored into yeah. this into this uh, new story arc. Which is going line. with the game because the game does. Because uh, I literally in one month or two, I purchased every single game and started playing them all yeah. side by side. I think the last one they showed when when they first met. Yeah. when they So I think that's what this is meant, meant to be. It's just a new... Um, a new series for both the characters. Yeah. So I think that's why he looks so young and uh, Mark Wahlberg doesn't have a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your thoughts on the trailer, Alex? Um, so I I like the trailer a lot. Um, I can honestly say I've never played the game. Just one of those games that I never got around to playing. Um, but watching the trailer and reading up on the storyline, like I, I really think that if you haven't played the game, you would like the story. Like, yeah, like, except, yeah. like, like, because from what I understand, the game is very story-like, like a great storyline. Yeah. So for those of you that plan on watching it, um, I don't 
from what I understand, like you don't really have to because like you said, this is year one. So this is like his first, you know, starting off. So I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I really liked it. So I, I'm pretty pumped on it. Um, but like I said, Tom Holland again, another huge role, teaming up with Mark Wahlberg. You see the wittiness in there. You see the funny. Um, I, I really like it. Plus Back the and action. Forth, man, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm. But is it the prequel? Am I am I right? Is it a prequel? It's like the year one, right? It's like year one. It's it like feels like it might be gotcha. because that's exactly like uh, there was one game where you played for about half the game as uh, as Nathan when he was like, well, he's a kid. But I'm guessing they're going with it, obviously. A little bit instead older. Of, yeah, a little bit older. So if they go with that storyline, which is the first time they both set off on this path, then it's good. It, you know, it, it's consistent because, you know, He's young, but he's very, like, because in the game, he, uh, so it's kind of a mix of, uh, Uncharted is kind of a mix of, of Laura Croft and Indiana Jones. Yeah. Right? Yes. With a, with a lot of, um, with a lot of parkour. Yeah. Because he, he jumps from one thing to another. He climbs a lot. He, like, he's very, he's very, like, uh, like a gymnast, which um, this guy is. Tom Holland. Tom Holland is. So I think it's consistent with that. So maybe that's what it is. They just go with the year one because they're planning maybe to do all the series where he gets older and so does Mark Wahlberg, and it kind of goes with the story. And the fight scenes look pretty dope too. Oh, yeah. like they look really, they're really cool. And um, yeah, I think they're they're gonna do a really good job. I think this. so too. And, and plus, um, you know, leaves room for more too. Like you said, if this is year one, it's gonna yeah. be an awesome, you know, trilogy or whatever. Trilogy or whatever they want to make it to. I think it's like yeah, five games. Yeah. It's gonna be great. I think they cut it into three a three story arc. Yeah, three movie arc. If they really want to cut the fat, I think they should always make movies in that way. It's like okay, three movies. Let's get go. it done. Let's go. One <laughs> long form movie. Uh the next trailer was the the Batman trailer, the Cat and the Bat. So, uh, this is the second trailer from the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Um, I know, uh, let, let me get into it, because one, I love this trailer. I think it was better than the first one, because uh, it, it shows more uh, the relationship between uh, Catwoman and Batman, and it, it, it tells that the story of, or it reveals that in the movie, the Riddler knows Batman, who Batman's true identity is. So that, that already, in itself, I liked it because... Most of the times you're like, oh, when he's going to find out he's Bruce Wayne. But like you already know coming in, he's Bruce Wayne. Or like from the idea of it that he either might learn early on that he's Bruce Wayne and he's going to play this mental mind game of, fit, of, of fighting between what is Batman and what is Bruce Wayne's character and toggling, toggling, uh, tugging on both ends to see where he's going to snap at first. I'm, um, I'm excited because I'm... Okay, so this is my thing, and it seems because I, I noticed one thing in the trailers, which is that uh, they make him very invincible. Huh? They make Batman very invincible. Yeah. Like, literally, he's, get, he's getting shot point blank, and he's just going in there and just tearing people up. I think the idea is going to be more like this is because, uh, I mean, obviously, Batman took on the role, and his role changed, right? And I think when he first took the role, he was vengeance. That was it. He was out to just beat the heck out of criminals and then get them arrested, but that he didn't care about justice or not. He just wanted to beat up on criminals. Yeah. And I think this character is going to force him to become the detective 
aspect of Batman. That we've been wanting for so long. Yeah, that he has, he's forced to think about what's going on, think about, you know, the roles that he plays and try to figure things out and use his actual intelligence versus him just going in there, getting shot up and beating everybody up. So I'm hoping that's what it is. This is going to be kind of a another transition story for the character because I think that's the only way it'll play well. Oh, definitely. I agree with you. What do you thought, Alex? I love every trailer that this movie's coming out with. Um, super skeptical about Robert Pattinson at first, but after watching these trailers, it just I feel like it just keeps getting better and better. I agree with you, Tony. This is my favorite one that's came out, this trailer. Um, I love that every Catwoman from every franchise is always that friend or foe, like mysterious. Yeah. Like, I love the character, and I think that... Um, so Zoe Kravitz is playing Selena Kyle, Catwoman, in this one. Um, and I just love that. I, I love the, you know, he, he almost had to control her in the trailer at one of the scenes. You know, he was, you know, he had to control her. And it's just, you know, you don't know if it's his friend, Batman's friend, or, it, you know, I, I love that about uh, every Catwoman that's came out in all the different um, Batman movies. I love that. The Riddler, like you said, knows his true identity. That's a huge yeah. curveball. And like you said, Nick, like it just makes Bruce Wayne, Batman, have to think a lot more. It's not just like, you know, at first it was, you know, vengeance. I'm brute. I'm just going to beat down everybody in my way. Now it's curveball, you know, like Riddler. Now you're going to have to use your brain, you know, use that Bruce Wayne mentality. Um, and, but can we just talk about the, the Catwoman costume. Did you guys see the costume? Oh, she had like three different costumes. It's like, like all the different costumes are crazy. You have one that looks really cheap, like, and then you have <laughs> there's just there. I, I I just kept playing the trailer over and over and looking at the different costumes, and I'm like, this is gonna get crazy, like this is wild. So, um, I know that Catwoman. That's a big like landmark for Catwoman is always like the costume from like the you know the 1989 one, the Batman like all the different um Catwomans. Yeah, so, I like the hoodie. Um, no, sorry, the Scully. Uh, the Scully she yeah. put on that. Yeah, yeah right. It looked yeah, like a normal yeah. Scully just ripped up, but it, it gave yeah. her the little cat ears. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm really excited about this movie. Um, I, I'm super pumped on it. Um, it's super dark. I like it. Um, I think that Robin Pattinson's gonna play this role really good. So I'm I'm super excited, and I love this this new trailer that came out. I loved it. There's a little more, little more Easter eggs as each trailer comes out. So I always I worry too. I always worry. You're like, don't give too much in the trailers, but um, I don't think this is going to be the case. I think there's going to be a whole lot of mystery in this movie that we don't know about. So I'm excited. Oh yeah, so it's exciting. I can't wait. It's March seventh, so keep on the lookout. That's a movie theater movie. You have to go yes. to the movie theaters. Don't watch it on streaming. I'm tired of it. Darn. <laughs> yeah, I'm still working on making. Watch this is gonna. I'm gonna have a legitimate movie theater in here when I'm done. I can't wait. Like I'm still gonna move, go to the movie theater. No, you're not gonna want to go. I'm gonna go look for a movie theater that's like going out of business and take their stuff and buy the rights. To, to <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just you're gonna see this like this room register like an official movie theater. Watch. Try it. See what happens. But you only limited to six people. Huh? Let's see if you could do that. Well then. Nah, because I'm not going to be able to afford it. I, I always wonder what the hell works. Do <laughs> not something theaters, to look into it. Like, does movie theaters rent those things out? or, or like? 
Oh, just keep the box office. The funny thing, they'll, <laughs> they'll lease the movie out to me, and but they make no money because I don't charge anybody for tickets. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. All right. So last trailer, last trailer is Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, and this was teased in, uh, at the end of Spider-Man: No Way Home. It was the second uh, end credit trailer. So then the following day, they released the, the actual again the full trailer of it. So you got to see it in, in full view and as many times as you wanted. And let's get into this. This is a doozy. Well, this is what all the TV shows and everything from Marvel has been leading up to, right? Yes. There's, there's been a lot of talks. Well, before we get into that, what do you think about that? What do you think about the trailer? Um, so I love movies that make me think, right? Like I, I loved... Um, you know, movies like Interstellar, uh, Inception, like like those type of movies. This movie is gonna mind fuck me so bad. Like it's just like, <laughs> it it's so much to keep up with. But I love it. I love everything that they're doing with it. Uh, watching the trailer, I love the intensity of this trailer. Like the intensity is is crazy. Even from the opening scene of the trailer, when you see Doctor Strange, um, I, I it's just I, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited that it's going to bring everything together to make things a little more clear for everybody, seeing as there's so many series out there. And I think that this is really going to open so many doors. And um, I, I'm excited. Like, I, I love it. Like, But like I said, it's going to mindfuck me. This, this oh, yeah. movie is there's a whole lot going on in the trailer. As we break this down, <laughs> we're going to talk about it. But there is like I'm sitting there watching it and then I have to rewatch it. And the next thing you know, I've played it 16 times and I'm like, wow. <laughs> This is a this this is a lot, but I love it. But I love it. I'll watch it again. It's great. What about you, Nick? No, I love it, people. You want to tell you? Like, I'm I'm excited about it. I'm like loving it. I, it's just so crazy. Like, I want to know how big it's gonna be. Well, all right. So, getting into the trailer, there is a lot of rumors, but the things that we can confirm is that Wanda's in it. Yeah, and this is yes. after after uh, WandaVision that she's in her little. Uh, solitude in her little cottage. There's going to be the introduction of uh, Chavez America, which she is one of the most. Uh, she does. She's mystical uh, superhero, and she's like one of the most powerful ones in the multiverse. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have Mondor from from the first first oh, yeah. um, first movie, but his is a different look. So so here are the rumors that are coming in. Yeah. They, they they kind of confirmed that there is somebody from the X-Men series that will show up in Dr. Strange's, uh, Dr. Strange's uh, 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 yeah, Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. Madness of multi- uh, um, there is rumors that it might be Patrick Stewart as Xavier and he'll be battling Wanda because they don't know each other. There's also this just, just, just went to a whole nother level. Yeah, oh yeah, like, I don't want to see how that works. So, <laughs> so because isn't so because what happened with No Way Home is that now that they have they could pull superheroes from other movies, they're gonna start pulling superheroes from different franchises to come in. And now that uh, Disney owns Fox, so here's a so here's a here's a, here are the tra- here are the concepts that might coming in. One is if uh, if you've seen uh, what if series, mm-hmm. they say they might bring Captain Carter into this. Okay, 
uh, well, we already know at the end of the, the trailer that it might be Strange Supreme, which is an evil Doctor Strange from What If series, coming into that. There's also mentioned that Tobey Maguire might be coming back for this movie. Um, they also There's also rumors of Chris Evans coming back as... Um, oh, as a skinny... As 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 torch human torch, oh wow! And he might oh, wow. he might come back as um, uh, the Hydra agent from the series from the comic book as an evil evil Hydra. Oh really? Wow! They also mentioned that they might have the original Doctor from the um, Fantastic Four come in. So these are all rumors of who they're trying to bring in. So this. they're gonna try to do what they did with. Uh, no way home. No way home, but for the whole for the whole Fox Enterprise that they hold. Wow! Oh, 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 oh. Wow! Well, yeah, that's what they're gonna try to do. Because no way home to... started started something huge. Yeah, so, yeah. It just opened the doors. It's like, oh my god, you could pull, you pull Toby, yeah. you put Andrew. Now I'm like, we're pulling Chris because uh, Chris Evans said that he has he's not he has a lot of cameos coming up with Marvel. Never mentioned so what that's, it is. So that's what he did say. So that's that's all he's given out. He's all he's like. I've I've been doing a lot of cameos. They try their best to keep things under wraps with uh, No Way Home. So I'm really hoping. They, I think they learned their lesson with No Way Home because a lot of things got leaked. That they're gonna keep it even a tighter, yeah, like enclosed yeah, like, group. Tighter. Like they're gonna probably. You know what they should do? They should media train um, all the actors who are in the movie. Like, oh, they do. They like train them, be like, tra- listen, do not leak, them. do not laugh, do not anything when you do interviews. There was there was an interview. Funny enough, you said there was an interview when they were doing the No Way Home, and it was Kevin Feige and the whole cast of of uh, No Way Home, and they asked Zendaya something mm-hmm. in reference to something in the future. Yo, she just looked back at Kevin Feige like, hey, and she just stayed cut shut because they're like, yo, you, you, like Kevin had like Kevin, there was like Kevin yeah. does, but. <laughs> Like he has like a sniper, like yo, know, if, if you fucking leak anything, Dude. you're done. Well, that's the whole yeah. beauty of the, like the surprise, because that's what we don't have anymore as much in movie th- movies anymore. We don't have that shock, that awe, that surprise, because there's so much information out there. We're all looking up who's and what, where are they at, where like I guarantee you, these actors are already like being located, like where they are in the in the global hemisphere <laughs> to see if like well they're shooting over there. Like <laughs> how far is he from here? How many people are in that vicinity? So yeah, so all these rumors are coming out that I think they're gonna tap start tapping into the Fox universe of X Men, Fantastic Four. Uh, what else did they had? That's pretty much it for the two major ones well, that they had. I did see someone, uh, someone I guess uh, took a clip from the trailer where you see Wanda like building up like her power, but in the back you see a doorway built out of light like you would at the TVA. Yeah. So Loki supposedly coming through to it. So there's gonna be different variations, variants. Uh, they say Kang might come in. A well, because bit. yeah, they, they they said all the lights. If you notice in the end of WandaVision, the end of um, Loki, and the end of uh, No Way Home, where the world starts to like break apart, yeah. like crack. What actually in and in What If, all of them are similar. Yeah, all of them look alike. So it's. I'm hoping this is the movie where it, the the walls are. Just smashed, and you start seeing all these. At least, maybe not all the the Fox stuff, but at least the stuff that we've seen so far. Oh yeah, in the TV shows come through, and people, and that's a, and that's the great thing about it, where people didn't understand was that when the TV shows came out, they were like, "Oh, it's is this a continuation or a branch of 
of the the movies of the MCU and they're just retelling the story. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not going to come back to it. And sure enough, Kevin Feige was like, nope. Everybody took t- uh, What If as some people didn't watch What If. Like, I'm not into it. And like cartoons. And I tell people, like, watch it. It's a good show on its own. And this just confirms that anything that he put in there is intentional to it's what's going to happen to that. Yeah. That's what I've been hearing is is what ifs. Even if you don't enjoy it, it's necessary. Yeah. For for the movies that are coming out. Yeah. Like to know the things that are coming out. But what, like I said in the beginning, the it this trailer is like super intense. Marvel does such a good job every trailer. But the what I want to talk about is um, Wanda's emotion in the beginning oh, when they're yeah. standing there by the trees, and he goes, "What do you know about the multiverse?" Like her face like shutting down like all that that like is like so intense like, that's like a goosebump moment yeah like w- when he looks at her and he says what do you know about the and her reaction like says everything like i'm so happy that wanda's in this movie uh, like yeah. ha- hopefully has a big role and i'd imagine there's gonna be a lot of big roles in there but. Well, yeah because i uh, like the suspicion was at the end of wandavision was that she was searching the multiverse for her like kids. another universe where her kids existed yeah exactly so, so to see her expression was like what like yeah it's super intense (laughs) what did you do (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i'm I'm not coming here i'm not coming here because of what you did it's something i did i need your help but yeah but like that guys uh that's the end of our episode just want to say thanks to alex coming on and jumping on on this episode uh we greatly appreciate it we're definitely going to have you back for more episodes Thank you so much. Thank you guys right. for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And like that, guys, thank you so much for listening to the latest episode from my mom's garage. As always, you can find us on our Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page at from my mom's garage or email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, thoughts, or concerns. As always, tell a friend, send a friend, bring a friend. See you next week. <laughs>